Today is Sunday, March 3rd, 2024, and unfortunately the Kabbalah continued to add up. If you notice these three, again it was a booby-trapped building, which I had one grandson in 2014 who was caught in a booby-trapped building, and he uh, was unscathed, and he said afterwards, I knew I'm going to survive if I survived that. Today, that same grandson is up in uh, Kiat Shmona. His old unit was moved in up north. And my grandson, uh, who was doing uh, residency, was called back. The army desperately needs doctors. I found that out on Shabbat. They didn't tell me. He was called back already on Wednesday. The hospital tried to stop the army, but the army said we need him. And I wanted to say about the three boys killed yesterday or Friday, uh, notice they cover the whole country. One is from Shlomi up north, one is from Rehovot, the center, and the third one was from Mitzparimon, which is down south. It covers the whole country. Uh, to Jack, I have a little surprise. Jack, you see this picture? You know. Who is it? Again? No, you're never going to talk from the picture. Here, here's the picture. The name is Dr. Eli, E-L-I-E, Gertner, G-E-R-T-N-E-R. Google him, and if you can't figure out who it is, get back to me and we'll tell you. Uh, My dear student, student, son of a student, Rabbi Yoshua Grinstein, you're you're quoting all the uh, Rabbanim who speak why we need Haredim in the army. And you're quoting their words, Haredim, and not serving, and not this. I would only quote one person. I think he's irrefutable. His name begins with an, his first name with an A, his second name with an R. And remember what I've said all along. N- not serving in the army and not studying Tachnet Liba is reformed Judaism. In other words, you choose what you like, the reform gave up Shabbos, Kashrat, Tarat Mishpacha, and a lot of Jews gave up Milchemet Mitzvah and uh, teaching a child in Umanut. These Milchemet Mitzvah is certainly the Oraita. Teaching in Umanut is probably the Oraita too, the Gemara and Kedush and Davchavtet. So I would quote Rakhafet that I challenge anyone to prove me wrong. And it's sharp. No one wants to be a reformed Jew. I hope, I hope although I'm going through a dear Talmud gave me a copy of a book about how Wall Street was created by the German Jews and I'm reading about Jacob Schiff who grew up in the lap of Rav Shemshrafal Hirsch Treif as could be his wedding the meal was Treif wherever he goes it's Treif beyond my comprehension okay uh, now this story that learning Torah uh, exempts you from fighting is absolute apicosis. No other word. Or I'm not said the writer. It's an open Gemara and Megillah. 
Yehoshua, Haleinu Atalat Sarenu. The Malach says, you were mottled from Torah last night, you weren't fighting. No, what does it tell you? More than that, this is a Muhammad mitzvah. Uh, there's no greater Muhammad mitzvah than we have fought. Now we can fight, it's not Hitler. You know what's going on across the world? Shabbat and Zurich, the Haredi Jew. There's soon going to be a Psak. I got news for you, Elias and Kenny, and I think as well uh, Ephraim. And everyone here outside of the Rebbe, I'm going to be the only one, I'm going to be held as an example. No beards, no payas, no black clothes. Dress like Rakefet, act like Rakefet. They just attacked the Haredi in Zurich. They beat the heck out of him. He's in serious condition. It's not a joking matter. Shabbos, a 15-year-old kid. So uh, it's the Muhammad. It's a Dioraita. It's a Svara. Look at the Professor alone in his tremendous work, Mishpat of Ri. What a Svara. It has the Chaloi Shem. Now, people who say we're Shevet Levi, first of all, Shevet Levi is only when they yud bet them. And each Shevet is Almakomo. Look at the Rambam in Hilchot Yervil, Shemitah Look at the Rambam in Hilchot Truma. But more than that, who says the exemption of Levi applies out of Muhammad Mitzvah? There's, oh, you'll see, there's uh, plenty of discussion. So, the army is in real serious trouble. There are not enough soldiers. I, know, I hear this from all my grandchildren. And uh, remember, I have a grandson, a Tzvakeva, an officer. I have another grandson. That's why he was wounded 10 years ago. He doesn't want to leave. It's me, Luim. He could go back to work. He worked out with his boss that he can remain in the army as long as he wants because he's a, he's a real fighter. Uh, he has that disposition. You have to understand him. So, uh, we, we, it's a very difficult time. There's the other side of the coin. And my grandson, who I just spoke about, the real fighter, was explained to me what I already know, but I don't cut him off. I let him, he says, uh, Asaba, in order for Haredim to serve in the army, the army has to be ready to liklototam. I grew up in Wayu, I grew up in Akiva, I have no problem with women walking around. But I understand that I told you with the Gerachasid what I saw with my own eyes, that he comes into a room where there's some women and he's shaking, he's pale. I couldn't believe it. And they explained to me he's never been in a room with women before. Okay. I know more. I, uh, I told you my neighbor was Rabbi Lewittis, and he was the sexual advisor for Gerachasidim. And the get Rebbe would send anyone who had a problem to him, Rabbi Mendel Lewittis, member of the first graduating class of Yeshiva College, 1932, big Talmud Chacham, Rav in Montreal, came in Aliyah, 69, when a youngster named uh, Rakefet came as well. Hatayfman was Rothkoff, it was not officially Rakefet. And uh, Rabbi Lewittis would tell me that he gets, people get married, and they don't know anything about sex. They have no idea. They've never learned ketubah. They've never learned any sugya. Petach patuach is skipped, etc., etc. Don't have to elaborate. No, we can't. Uh, it's not that I approve of that way of life. Men and women are a reality. We can't, we can't change reality. And God created the world. And the Gemara in Sanhedrin, the Gemara in Yoyma, the Yetzirah, Yetzirah, the Medrash can't change reality. It's ontological. 
But the army, if you're going to take in Haredim, by the way, the food is not the problem because basically the army is glad kosher today. All the meat board is glad. Are you aware of that? Kol halak. So that's not the problem. But you have to work out that they're not women, that the, it's like uh, my, my grandson said to me, Nachal Haredi was no women who were allowed on the base. And, and, and they, they proved themselves in battle afterwards, but all right, it's a two-way street, halavai, halavai, we can work it all out. But I just uh, want Yoshua uh, Grinstein, don't quote the others, quote yours truly. I'll give you full permission. Now, uh, what I quoted from Rabbi Heschel Shachta, and uh, Kenny, what you showed me, a lot of people asked me, I, if one person I sent you, so they got in touch, good. But uh, I'm trying to think who we spoke to. So uh, I mentioned maybe with Soha, maybe Beit Hillel. So Rabbi Grinstein writes to me, he checked out, he did not meet with Soha people. I don't mean to imply anything negative. When they talk about dungarees, I took it as a mushal. It's like we spoke about in the Monday class, that a Rav has to live among his people and understand what's going on. So, uh, again, when Rabbi Heschel tells the story, we're hearing it second, third hand. You follow me? To, to, so I don't know all the details, but uh, there's, in my humble opinion, Soha, and uh, I, I don't know that well, but Soha I know, Rabbi Grinstein works for them. I know some of the Rabbanim in Soha, they're doing a very good job. They're trying to reach out to the populace per se. Okay, so let it be clear. No negative implication. Finally, my, uh, a lot of people, I raised the issue, uh, where does the word balagan come from? And my own self, I uh, really don't know if I use the word in America. Is it Yiddish or is it something I picked up here? Arabic? I don't know. I've been using the word. I, you know, I'm living here 54 years, so it's hard for me to differentiate between here and America. But uh, the majority opinion seems to be Balagan reached Yiddish through Russian. So says the Wikipedia. In other words, first... It may be Turkish, may have other antecedents. Then it reached the Russian language. And uh, there are a lot of words that I, my grandfather would speak Yiddish and throw in words that I later would hear from my rabbim in yeshiva. And uh, these were all Russian words that were Yiddish-sized. So a paya is a paya. Paya is not a compliment. Uh, I think it means a peasant. He's like a dummy. And uh, the, the, uh, Balagan, from Yiddish, we picked it up. So I'll accept that, and it simply means I heard Balagan in America before I came in Aliyah. Now, coming back to the Sheyurim, there was a lot of negative reaction to Rav Menashe Klein and the Sheila with the woman, what we ended off last week, the woman who wanted to be a teacher, Limude Kodesh, and her parents insisted she join the business. I don't have to tell you, if you're a Chabadnik, you're certainly going to have quite a reaction because uh, the Rebbe and my Rebbe, the Rav, uh, their attitude towards women was ahead of the times. Uh, I, you know, I don't want to say they were feminists, 
but they had more respect for a woman than any feminist in the world, the more understanding of the feminine personality. All right, these were great individuals. Rabbi Nashi Klein, you have to understand where he's coming from. And uh, what I showed you with Deutsch, uh, Amalek, women, the three days, women, have, have, give, give. I don't know. True. There can be different personalities among women. And you see movies. I, I, I like to watch movies, I, you know, don't have that much time, but my wife, you've got to entertain your wife occasionally. Watch movies out of the 30s. They're clean, they're respectful, and they have plots. It's not just showing off naked people and uh, etc. They have plots. And you can find women, for instance, who only want to marry a man for his money, for his prestige. They're interesting plots. Could be. Chazal already say, matza, matza, motze, matza. Either you're you're lucky in marriage or it's bitter. Could be. But that attitude, Amalek and Deutsch and Ungarischer and the put-down. So uh, people sent me from around the world and this actually, uh, he checked it out, the output, Joseph, I don't have to give you all the sources here, it's not that important, but they checked it out, and he's related to the Deutsch family, the very family I quoted. So here, this I remember from years ago, that they found the manuscript of a Haggadah, talking medieval period, and they, I remember, I may, might have heard this in graduate school in Bernard Rabon, they said the person had a sense of humor, not to take it seriously. <laughs> but you know what it said? It said if you don't have mora, you point, mora is a shanu ochlem, rabba you point to your wife. You follow? And this Deutsch son-in-law quotes that seriously, I, I, I couldn't believe here is the here is the source. Here's what we're talking about. Uh, and and he he quotes what happened. Quoting Kohelet. And the, the Paris on it says, mm-hmm. Hashem. So uh, the commentary is better than the, uh, than, than the at least he's balanced. But uh, this is life, this is an attitude. And uh, I try to come down. One dear student of mine who's a Chabadnik, and he's been my student maybe 25, 30 years already, I try to calm him down. And I said, uh, you got to know where Reb Menashe Klein is coming from. It's, it's not a. That's not the the seventh rebbe, or not the sixth rebbe, for that matter, or not the tzemech tzedek. I mean, you can go back a whole history. Okay, now to, 
Today, we'll, this Shaila, you'll see, I'll quote later another Chiba, which you see two different worlds, but they say the same thing. Uh, this Shaila is a simple Shaila. It's not an involved Shaila, but there's a second part to the question that I'll come to that's infinitely more fascinating and unf- unfortunately more halachically applicable, more ma'asi. It, it's more tangible. And I'm quoting from Chelek Yud Siman Shin Chet from the Mishnah Halachat, and it's the and it's to Rabbi Shalom Dov Berchaiken, who's the Rav of the Kila of Chabad in Cleveland. And I got the, an email from some, a Talmud of mine in Cleveland. And he's a very hush of a Rav, and people are very fond of him. Very, he's there many years, and evidently quite successful. And the Shaila here is the diabetic. Now, I, I just want to quote another comment from Toronto. My dear Dr. Marty Lipson wrote to me about the Shaila regarding pregnant diabetic having blood tests on Shabbat, the term for drawing blood. Remember, yes, if there's a special term, quote, vena puncture. It's a term none of us know. We're not doctors. But the, the Marty Lipson is He's now retired. He's no youngster. He's my age. But uh, he was a very prominent medical doctor. His son is a very prominent dentist. A wonderful family. And the term for drawing blood is vena puncture. Nowadays, blood can also be drawn from a simple fingerprint. Just print the, prick the finger. I, I, I should say a finger prick. But the pregnant woman can do this procedure by herself. So I thank Marty for the information. But this chiva was written uh, in 19... Uh, let me figure it out. 1975. Well, 1975, you didn't have this type of innovation. And here the question was, a pregnant woman... So, me machalat sukkah, diabetes belaz, and the doctor says they must check the blood every day to see the insulin level. And even though with other people suffering from diabetes, they can do the blood test from the urine, avobishah muberet, the only way they can do a proper test is bedikat dam. And she has to check herself four times a day. And here the Shaila is with Shabbat. Shabbat, you're dealing with Kabbalah. Uh, you're dealing, could be an Isidiorite, as we'll see, Dash. You're taking out blood. Uh, so Rabbi Chaikin suggests maybe it should be done by her daughter who's not yet 12 years old. And this raises the whole issue which we alluded to, a cotton doing malacha on Shabbat. And I grew up, and uh, Kenny, you, you said you remembered it too. Do you, and you said, think, I think I find too, that no kids used to carry a talus to shul on Shabbos. I remember it like, uh, like yesterday. And all right, it's a whole silo. Uh, is there an Isa? There isn't an Isa. It can't be an Isa. He's a kid. There's not a Kaloi Shem Malacha 
if someone does it under a girl under Yud Bet and a boy under Yud Gimel. Uh, nevertheless, from the point of view of Chinuch, and here there's a Chiv of Chinuch, it may be a Dioraita, uh, Chinuch, and not maybe, it is a Dioraita, Chinuch, and when does Chinuch begin? So you have a kid already of nine, ten years old, and he's carrying, so what have you accomplished? You're having the daughter, you're telling the daughter, well, you can do this uh, Malachar and Shabbos, you're only a youngster. And uh, that was uh, ra- ra- the, the Rabbi Chaikin's uh, proposal. Now, there are two problems involved here. One problem is Shabbat. And then the other problem is Chabalah. And uh, here we have a very fascinating Gemara. And this Gemara is the source, everyone who deals with the Shaila. There's not a world of sources, it's this Gemara. Sanhedrin pay Dalid Amid Bet. And the Gemara asked this very question. Ben Mahu Shayakiz Dam Aviv. A son, Chabalah, you're not allowed, Chasvachali, you're not allowed to curse your parents, and you're not allowed to wound your parents. He said, the Oraita. And can a son take out blood from his father? It's nothing to do with Shabbat. It's a general question. In those days, it's not a, a blood test as we know it. I don't think they were that sophisticated yet. But when people were ill, they had this concept that uh, by removing some blood, you might help the person. By the way, I've, I've been told by medical doctors that there probably is some truth to this. It's not, uh, for instance, someone with high blood pressure remove blood, it lowers the blood pressure. Uh, other concepts. So it's not something beyond the world of understanding. Obviously, we today are much more sophisticated. We're not going to lahakiz dam. But it seems that at the time of Hazal, this was very uh, wide and followed. By the way, it alludes to another question that I, there's a world of material written on it. Uh, Yassi is going to walk in and say, well, if Hazal said do this, do it. Put a chicken on your, your, your stomach. I mean, all types of what you will find in Chazal. Should we follow it? And... Uh, Obviously, the answer is Rabban ben Arambam already, but many others who come afterwards, Chazal could only give answers in the context of the world in which they lived. And this was the knowledge they had at that time. You can't fault Chazal, can't fault Chazal if they're not up to date with the, New, even with the New England Medical Journal. You follow? And and it doesn't mean so we have to follow everything they said if we have something more advanced today, more effective. But the question here, Yakizdam, no, forget about why they did it, but if we did it to do a blood test, are you allowed to do it for your father? Rav Matnoma Vahafta Lareacha Kamocha. He learns and Rashi here is very sharp. Rashi explains, I'll quote to you, it's summarized in Art Scroll. Let's give credit to Art Scroll. 
uh, our Gemara understands this verse to be establishing a general rule that governs all Torah prohibitions involving personal relationships. These prohibitions apply only to things that you would not wish to be done to yourself. But whatever you would want done to yourself, you may do to others. Thus it is permitted to let a parent's blood, in spite of the prohibition against wounding a parent, because you would want others to let your blood. In other words, you're not harming the parent. This is not an argument, lo aleinu, you have even in Israel cases where children slam parents, smack parents, injure parents, kill parents. God have mercy what you can see in life. This is just the opposite. You're doing something for your parents that is for their well-being, for their health, for their goodness. That's your gold standard. Would you want it done unto yourself? Then do it to others. Middle of the night, someone woke you up to give you a let's say, I don't know if it exists, a thousand dollar bill, does it exist? Thousand dollars? I have a thousand dollar bill. It was made for a student. He's no longer alive in the 60s. I always kept it as a good luck charm. I would always have it on the desk where I was giving Shayurim in Gethet, Gemara of Perish Tosvat, and, and it was a good luck charm for me. I still have it. I think I have it in the other room, my office. Uh, no, someone wakes you up in the middle of the night to give you a thousand dollars. Now let's ask a simple question. Someone to wake you up? Gizelat Shena? Dormitory noise? You're sleeping? But believe me, if someone's waking me up to give me a thousand dollars, I'd say, Kol Haba, Baruch Haba, be very happy to be awakened for someone slipping me a thousand dollars. So this is the first opinion here. Very strong. Ravdini Bachino Mamakadam Makabahema Mamak Pahem Lefuapata Makadam Lefuapata and he gives another opinion, but the same conclusion. The prohibition is only to harm someone. But, you know, it's next to juxtaposition, next to Makabahema. If you're doing it, it's like a doctor treating a person. He cuts you up, but he's doing it for your good, for your well-being. And if this is the case... There's no prohibition at all to take blood to do a medical procedure on your father or your mother. The is more far-reaching. It's philosophic. You see, you can... Uh, there's a, a, a former Talmud of the Kolel, Tzvi Goldstein. Tzvi Goldstein's father was my classmate. Dr. Goldstein, famous doctor from Kew Gardens Hills, he was my classmate. That tells yeshiva boy, a big Talmud Chacham and a very skilled medical doctor, Alan Goldstein. Did you know him, Yossi? Yes. Okay, so you know what I'm talking about. So, they took your tonsils out. Okay, for him that's a small procedure. He's done, uh, 
they say that the Rebetzin, the Chaya Mishka, that she lost her voice at least her, what was it, eyesight, lost something, I think a voice, and he brought it back. He was a terrific medical doctor. Also gave his shear when I saw him last, he's not alive, unfortunately. When I saw him last, he was like a Hasidic Rebbe. He was sitting in, in a shtibble on Main Street and giving his shear. And people were treating him like he's the biggest London in the world, which he may be. He's a Talmud Chacham. So his grandson never learned with the Rav, but from his grandfather, he got a lot of material from the Rav. So one of the things the Rav wanted to do, he wrote an introduction, it, it never went beyond it. He wanted to show that our entire philosophy of Yiddishkeit is a result of halacha. So you see, the Ahafta Lerecha Kamocha is a very beautiful example. The Ahafta Lerecha Kamocha, it's a halacha, it's a din, the implications, what it means. But it's an entire halachic world which leads to philosophy. What does it mean, And the whole concept, what you would like someone to do for you, that's what you have to do for the other person. <coughs> and, and this is, takes you to Rabbi Yisrael Salanta, where Rabbi Yisrael Salanta says, another person's physical needs are my spiritual challenges. And it's a very deep thought you can divide again. I don't halacha lemaisa. I wouldn't go and teach this to uh, elementary school children. You understand? But a high school kid already, his mind is developing. Certainly beyond. It's a whole world here. So you see, and Alan Alan Goldstein's grandson just published the sefer he teaches in Yeshiva Hakotel, and he published the sefer taking certain halachic concepts and developing them into a wide range of philosophy. What's the matter? What has happened? I can continue? Okay, thank you. I see everyone online. Baruch Hashem. Howie, good to see you back. Uh, you shouldn't know of Tzar. Lo tasif od. Okay, let, let me continue here. So, but... Both opinions, there's nothing wrong with bloodletting for your parents. Fine. The Murrah goes a drop further. Rav lo shavik lebrei lemishkalei silu. Ma brei revavina lo shavik lebrei lemiftach lekavta. Dilma chavil vahavilei shigagat isha. And let me just give you the English translation. Uh, here, the Gemara is Matia Bishefi, easily, no problem. And nevertheless, Rav did not allow his son to remove a splinter from his skin. Ma, the son of Ravina, did not allow his son to lance his boil. Why? For perhaps the son would inadvertently inflict a wound for which there would be an inadvertent transgression of a prohibition. Okay, you follow? What is this about? Gentlemen, we 
come to an Isidioraita, we stay clear of it. What's a Gezerah about? You know, I've said this many times. Most of what we observe in our ritual life are Gezerah the Rabbanan. It's not Halacha the Oraita. We're afraid. Muktza. Who heard of Muktza? What's wrong with Muktza? Where's Muktza in the Torah? But Chas V'chalila, you'll start lifting your computer on Shabbos. Before you know it, you'll be playing with it. Follow? What's wrong with, with, with a little iPad? Before you know it, you're on the phone on Shabbat. Muktza. Kashrut, Basar B'chalav, Isa Diorayta, Of B'chalav, Isa Diorabanan, Gezerah. If you eat chicken, you may eat meat, you may not differentiate. Tarat Mishpacha, Shivanikim, Bat Yisrael, Hechmira Walatzman, it's a Din Diorabanan, we're worried for Zavagadola. Most times a woman is not a Zavagadola. There's no need for Shivanikim. Just seven days, period. No, Shivanikim. Gizera, you follow? So here, when it comes to an Isidoraita, we're shaking. We're not going to come near it. And here you see two examples of Chazal, where they wouldn't let children to take a splinter out. They wouldn't let children to lance the boil, to take the pus out. Because they may make a chabura, they may draw blood. Oh, but they're doing it for a positive reason. We're allowed. But this is the way we Jews live. A fence around the Torah. We can't make a fence around the fence. In other words, there's a limit how far our frumkite has to go. But on the other hand, we got to be very careful when it involves Torah law. And here you see the example and and it it carries down the halachalamaisa. Look in your day, Hilkit Kibadabiyam Siman Resh Mem Aleph Sif Gitl Gimel. Uh, 241, subdivision 3. That we follow the example of the two Amorayim who wouldn't go near their parents, wouldn't make a, a hole, a poke, wouldn't draw blood, wouldn't take out a splinter. You don't go anywhere near an Isa Theoraita. And that's the Psak of the Shulchan Aruch, Halacha Lema'aseh. Ah, but here, you know, humans are humans. A lot of the, I had this, a lot of my students in the 60s into the 70s were second generation Holocaust survivors where the wounds were very deep. 
was amazing how parents insisted their children become doctors and the pride my zun the doctor if you would hear it in their voice it was a very I had a very close student you may remember him Phil Kaslau mean anything to you Shragai Kaslau Dr. Kaslau so I remember his mother I remember one time in his home in Lake Success he comes home we were there for Shabbat he comes in and uh, myself Malka my wife and he opens the Frigidaire and it's filled with food I told you the story and 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 uh, he says to his mother, Mom, what do you need all this food for? I'm out of the house. He was in medical school or doing his residency at the time. Your daughter, there was a daughter, she's married. What do you need so much food in the fridge there? And his mother turns to me and says, Rebbe, to zests mein Sohn der Doktor. In other words, with such pride. If I state minished, he doesn't understand me. the Krieg, the Holocaust. I went through. You know what it means to me to have a Frigidaire full? Psychologically, I must have it full. And I told you there was Anne Sherber, a very warm, wealthy woman in Yerushalayim. She built part of the theater. They lived it. She was a, a billionaire by today's standards. And uh, when she died, they told the story, she never left the house without a sandwich in her purse. And they said to her, Anne, you could afford to go into the King David and buy the whole hotel and you carry. She says, you don't understand. I'm a Holocaust survivor. But I'm only telling you the story because the pride the mother took, she says, my zun the doctor. And I first take doesn't understand me. So this is the Ramah. Look into the Ramah, the same Sif Gimel. The Medavara Mamurim Kishayesham Achela Asot. That when do we say you can't take a splinter out of your father and you can't take blood and you can't do a medical procedure when there's no one else, when there's someone else around to do it? For whom it's ta'er, ha'reichum mekiz and this is the Psak Halacha It's only when there's someone else you can turn to. But if your father, your mother, they're suffering and they want you to do it, there's no one else to turn to, then absolutely. The son can do it. Meika Hadin. Today we would not only say the son, the daughter can do it. I think I have more female students, doctors today than sons. See, the world has shifted gears. It's no longer the survivor boasting, mein Sohn der Doktor. But today, the men, unfortunately, the men who are capable are bankers, money, trusts, 
uh, investments, artificial intelligence, this is what attracts the capable men. Believe me, Yomo's mother would be much more proud of him if he was involved in the Bursa, Tel Aviv, Wall Street, the stock market. Yomo, I'm not justifying your mother, I'm just commenting on life. Don't, don't get upset, relax. And uh, the women, they're the doctors today. It's very fine. I met a, 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 a girl from a very hush of a Chabad family. Oh, what an individual. Her grandfather used to give the Rebbe a million dollars a year minimum. And uh, he was in the special house at the funeral. I, I saw the big shots come out. I said, what are you doing? He says, that's, you know, who helped support the Rebbe. We were there. We were saying Tillam the Oren was there. And her grandfather, and this girl is such a sweetheart, such a shining example of the best in Chinuch in Israel. And she's second year medical school and at uh, Hadassah, at Hebrew U. And I saw how proud her mother was, my student. And today, shifting gears. But Baruch Hashem, a child, a medical doctor, very big, very good. Ah, wait a minute. Kenny, you're a medical doctor. And your father is proud and your mother is proud. And there are 50 other medical doctors living in the area. Where do you live? You're in Beit Shemesh? Efrat. Efrat. Oh, you're the other side. 50, how many medical doctors? How many dentists there? My own nephew, my dentist, Sev. And your father says, I want you. I spent the fortune to make you a doctor. I spent the fortune to make you a dentist. But by the way, Zev operates on my, my mouth. It's my student, not only his uncle. I don't know if he's allowed, his Rebbe. No, I want Zev. I'm proud of you. You have a sterling reputation. Hey, wait a minute. There are a hundred doctors around. But your father or mother say, I want you. All right. Look into the Yorach HaShulchan. Siman Reish Memalef Sif Vav in the Yorach HaShulchan. And you know, the Yorach HaShulchan, you know what I'm talking about, Michal Epstein, the Yorach HaShulchan. I remember when Chovavek Torah began. So Rabbi Saul, my classmate, the Rabbi Saul Berman, is my classmate. You have to understand, his twin and I was courting Malka. My Chavruta, Ray Weinberg, was courting Masha. Never, she died young. And, but I knew Saul. And, and Saul, all right, he's got a more leftist point of view than I have. I, I've often spoken about the uh, picture that I spent years on. I got a big compliment from Heschel Schechter, so evidently showed him the picture that I identified everyone, including where you only see faces or you only see a, a hand, the picture of the rough teaching, 1960, September. And uh, I've often commented, look who's sitting in front of the rough. His Talmudim, right of center, Abba Brandspiegel. The centrists, Aaron Lichtenstein, 
left of center, so burdened. How did one Rebbe have so many different Talmudim? And you know, the Jewish observer criticized the Rav and their eulogy, which they should have never published. The shows has, forget it now, when they get upset. But that's the compliment of the Rav, that he could have so many different Talmudim and they all related to him. We can't, there's no brain control or thought control. You remember, we are right, read Washington and see what a dummy like Rakefer has to say. But uh, so Saul Berman and he said, I'll never forget this, Eda Chovevei Torah, it's history, Eliezer, and he says, what we have to do is have an English translation of the Aruch HaShulchan. Ephraim, you know why he said that? First of all, English translation, it's eight volumes, Aruch HaShulchan, not simple. You have to know all of Shas and Paiskim, I mean. But the Aruch HaShulchan was very down to earth. See, excuse me? A Shtatrav in the Vatic, and he was very down to earth. His feet were very strongly on the ground. So when Chovevei began, I understood already what Saul Berman was saying. When he is lenient, we have a right to be lenient. So Rakefet commented, it may very well be on why you Torah, if you can find the tape. I commented that hair will grow on my palm before there's an English translation. So far, I don't have to grow the hair, but who knows with the automatic, with the artificial intelligence of what they're doing today. But this is the Yorach HaShulchan. Avolim ein shamisha yaselahu imheim itztarim hareise makis vahoteich kemi kefisha yitnu reshut lasot. In other words, it means this is the Ramah. He's repeating the Ramah and uh, but look what he adds on. For chenim hu osebitov yotemi acher. The aviv chafetzbo yacholahasov. You follow? No? Are you better than anyone else? Kenny, you're a medical doctor. You're better than anyone else? I don't know. That's it. Psychologist, he's a real psychologist. I, you know, I'm making Kenny is an accountant, but he's a real psychologist. You better than anyone else, but in your parents' eyes, mein Zun der Doctor, it's my blood and flesh. I raised him. My parents, my brother, my middle brother top medical doctor, eye specialist. My parents were so proud of him. Follow? You have no idea. I understand parents like that. All right? My wife never says, don't boast about your grandchildren. All right? But still I have accomplished grandchildren. Can I and her? I have one grandson. I say, what do you do? Saba, you know I can't tell you. Where do you work? I can't tell you. PhD in aeronautical engineering, the Technion. But he also, what I'm very proud of, he, Malka's grandfather used to blow chauffeur in East New York a hundred plus years ago. He blows that very chauffeur in Petach Tikva on Rosh Hashanah. When Malka's mother died, we inherited the chauffeur, was her mother's father. 
and we made him a whole case because he's named after that grandfather. And he rewarded us by naming his daughter. He finally had a daughter in my family. The boys run in the third and fourth generation. Finally had a daughter named after Malka's mother. So, all right, he can't. You're proud? Grandson, this, that. I want to go further? Look at the Orach HaShulchan. If your parents insist, you're my son, you're the best, you have to do it. No prohibition. Follow the basic psaq in the Gemara. And, and this is truly because it's your parents. You with me, Kenny? Beautiful. Now, I will say, from what I gather in medical ethics, and there's doctors listening right now, uh, there is a limit what you can do with your parents. You see, if it's an external procedure, all right, even drawn blood, but operations, there they're more hesitant to allow you to operate on a close relative. And the reason is we're all human beings. Something can go wrong. An operation, you know, it's like a war. You know how you begin. You don't know how you're going to end. Uh, I've had students who had operations that were so-called not critical, not that serious. And lower Lenu, they never got off the operating table. I have one case, a girl in Chicago, the family was coming out of the yard. She had some sort of growth, which was benign. And they said, you know, let us operate before you leave Chicago. We're better doctors than Israel. I don't want to end the story. You understand what happened. And uh, I, I think back about that girl until today. It's many decades ago already. Her father writes for the Jerusalem Post. He's an activist here. Uh, but in an operation, there can be trauma. And if it's a blood relative, your mother, your father, brother, sister, child, etc., their medical ethics will not allow you to operate. Obviously, if you're on a battlefield and there's no one else, uh, that is different. But that's the psak of the Aruch HaShulchan. Very interesting and very typical of the Aruch HaShulchan. Totally down to earth. Can understand very well a parent so proud of their son. Mein Zunde Doctor. Don't forget it. So, this this problem of the question of Kabbalah, this unanimous opinion that the child can operate, the child can take the blood, the child can do what he has to do. This is Rabbi Nasha Klein. The problem of Shabbos we'll come back to. But this is as far as Kibbut Avi Ein. Chabalah in your father or mother. The Mincha Yitzchak has a very long chuppa on the same problem. Now, the Mincha Yitzchak, Yitzchak Yaakov Weiss, again, you're coming back to Hungarian postkin. 
Bakiyam in Shas Polskim. Uh, he was Rev in Manchester. He was more open than most people from the Hungarian background. It's Rev in Manchester. I, I knew people who yet knew him. Uh, I'm, I'm actually uh, related by marriage to one of the Rabbanim from Manchester who was very close to Rav, Rav Unsdorfer. You've heard the name, the Unsdorfer. Uh, Rav Unsdorfer's nephew, anyone who's been in Montreal, the post of the Haredi community, is the son of Rav Unsdorfer. He's there today. Anyone from Montreal will tell you who he is. Uh, Rav Unsdorfer of Manchester also had three daughters. And those three daughters all went a little differently. I, I'd like to use the term they rebelled, but uh, it's my machatanista, so I have to give covered. Uh One became a, went to Kfar Chabad about 60 years ago, and she became a Chabadnikit, which is very different than a Hungarian background. The two other daughters became very big tzionim, datiyim in Israel. Um, one of the daughters' son was Danny Taub, who Mitzad's father is a majitzdanenikel, Taub. Mitzad's mother, he's a chatam is a nenikel, an unstoffer. And he was ambassador to London for five years. He may have been the greatest Talmud Chacham to represent this. He's a genius, an international law professor, Bucky and Shas and Paiskim. And like, I have a Talmud like that, a Talmud who wrote an off-Broadway lyrics for an off-Broadway play, could have been a top musician, has two doctorates, a dear, dear, dear Talmud. For many years ago, he he was my Talmud in the 60s. I knew his parents very well. Uh, also second generation survivors and uh, Danny Taub wrote there's a 26 chapter sitcom in the Rebbe's court it was written by Danny Taub about Siddiq Rebbeim their relationships an ingenious piece of work I mean I remember how much I enjoyed it when I saw it Uh, it took me a a long time to see all 26 chapters but it was Eisketzeichen. You have to know a little Yiddish to appreciate it. So uh, what's interesting about the Minchat Yitzchak, he was elected Av Beitin of the Eidah Haredit. And in Israel already, he, uh, uh, let's put it this way, he had to keep a more, a more Haredi right-wing appearance in Psak and thinking then he was in Manchester. Manchester, I think he was broader. But nevertheless, he was a great posek and, and quite a broad posek as well. And you can't get involved in Psak unless you deal with the Minchat Yitzchak. He's one of the main poskim of the post-World War II 20th century. Now, in the Minchat Yitzchak, Chelek Aleph, Singman, Chaf Zion. It's actually Siman Chaf Zion and Siman Chaf Chet. It's a continuation, but he has the Shaila from Manchester. Can a son do 
an injection to his father. And it says, you asked me the following question, that according to the medical uh, practice, this man needs an injection every day. And his son is a Haredi Jew. Manchester has a big kihila of Haredim. Some of them are my own students that will listen to the shir uh, when it goes on Yu Torah. And uh, can he do the injection? Because he's an older man and it's difficult for him to get to the hospital every day. And then there's a second factor. See, Shelet and Shuvat represent life. It's real. Vagam beno oselo bechinam. You follow? Not everyone is wealthy. Not everyone is well off. I know what it is to count pennies agarot. The, the 70s and 80s were not that easy. Today I'm a wealthy man. Baruch Hashem, I can afford to buy food, whatever food I want. And the trouble is, when you get used to a certain lifestyle, you're not going to change. So Baruch Hashem, my joy is to help my grandchildren and great-grandchildren. But I know what it means to pinch pennies. Not everyone understands that. Uh, I remember I once gave a lecture and I spoke about how I got the Mechon Gold to Shabbat. And whenever I would go, the fourth Shabbat of the month, I simply had to go because I didn't have money for food. And I had two full jobs. But you don't know what after the Yom Kippur War, the, the war loans and the taxes, you have no idea what went on here. We were lucky to be alive. This war too, it's far from over. And we have to pay a price to support the army and all that goes with it. So I know what it means, and I know what... what. So whenever I would go to Mechongold, Nechama Leibowitz, who lived a few blocks away from Mechongold, found out of Mechongold, Tagidli kol Shabbat gamavo. And we and my daughters grew up sitting next to Nechama Leibowitz. And I grew up unable to eat in Shabbos, because all Shabbat she was asking me about the Rav, about this, about that, what the Rav had to say, what the Rav did, what his minag was, what his noag was, you follow me? She, you got to know who Kenny, how can Ephraim know what Torah is if he never studied with Nechama Leibowitz? Ephraim, you're lacking, you can't help it, Nechama. Ugh. Don't get me started, or I'll end off the whole shit telling you stories, not now, we'll leave it, sir. We'll leave it some other time, but let's come back here. So, his son is not going to charge him. You go to a doctor, you pay. Talmud will be here tomorrow. He's having his, you know, he's in his seventies, having a lot of medical work on his teeth. So his wife, who's very close to my wife, his wife, who's a sweetheart, said said to me. My husband is supporting the dentist. He loves his dentist, so he's supporting him. All right. If he had a son a dentist, wouldn't have to pay, right or wrong? Okay. So, Rev. Menashe Klein says that as far as the basic question, it all goes back to the Gemara and Sanhedrin we quoted that Kibra Viyem is waved when it's for Haftal Reyach 
when your father has confidence in you. Yes, there's Frumkeit involved. The Shulchan Aruch I quoted, this is Frumkeit. Y- y- Yiddishkeit has a lot of Frumkeit. Gizera. The other day, Yomo asked me, why am I so medayek that I che- once a week I check my watch on Wednesday or Thursday, put it exact second with the Israeli time on the computer. There's a whole website, the time in Israel. It's a matter of a few seconds. So you know what I told you, Omo Eliezer, what you were witness to last night? I said, because I, I'm responsible for the Shabbos elevator in my house. To turn it on is not a problem. I go to shul if I'm dominating with my son in my son-in-law's shul. My, my, my daughter's like a rabbit that I can't get my oldest daughter can't get over it. She they run a shul. He's not a he's an army man. He's a, a high-ranking officer. But on Shabbos he's a rabbi. <laughs> my daughter's the rabbit. So to go to shul is not a problem. We like my told my wife we like candles ten minutes before the time so I can walk. Uh, the Chvesa, the, in my younger days it was a, a 10 minute walk now it's uh, 15 minutes 13 minutes fine but to turn off the elevator I want to be sure I'm not doing it a second before a Shabbos according to the OU time I don't follow Chabad Chabad is always 2 or 1 minute earlier than the OU go figure that one out but Yomo that's Flimkite you don't play games. Turning off an elevator, punish line me. Shmuel right turn valves. All right, you can make a whole pilpul bein hashmushes with this. That. You follow me? You can make a whole pilpul, but from cut. But meika hadin, absolutely no problem. And if the father insists, then the son should do it. Okay. Now, he gets involved. Um, let me just check 21F. That's the Rambam. Okay. He gets involved that it could even be that there's not an E should be a writer. And uh, why? In order for it to be an E should be a writer, you got to take out a certain amount of blood. If it's just a prick and it's not even a real drop of blood, it's nothing. Quotes, quotes the Rambam Hilchat Mamrim Pereke Halacha Zayin HaMekiz Damli Avivish Hayero Feva Chotelo Basar or Eva Patur the Shulchan Aruch's psak, word by word. Everything follows the Gemara, everything follows the Rambam, and he is absolutely 
Matthias. But then he moves sideways. And this is fascinating. Wait a minute. You say the doctor's Haredi. Well, if the doctor's Haredi, you saw from the Gemara in Sanhedrin that there were Moriah who refused to do it from Kite. Charedim Lidva Hashem. And here the doctor is hesitant. It's his father. The Frumkite point of view. And he quotes the sources. What does it mean in Aimsham Acher that there's no one else to do it? no one else around. But if there is someone else around, maybe the son shouldn't do it. Follow me? The Frumkite element. What does it mean? And here he says, and you see life before your eyes. Number one, Sure, there are other doctors, but when a person is on in years, it's a tircha to go see other doctors, to travel. Gentlemen, I give you a blessing. You should reach my age and not feel the tircha. I feel the tircha. I know exactly what the Minchat Yitzchak is saying. Yes, yeah, someone will tell you, go... They, there's a big building called Sharei Ha'ir. I think it's called Beit Sharei Ha'ir. Maybe you can correct me. Right at the start of Rehov Yafo. Big, big building. It's a big medical center. Years ago when I had to go there, what's the big deal? You take one bus, change to another bus. Today, we have to go there. Certain specialists are there. Certain medical test, pain in the neck, you need the strength to go. So, hit the nail on the head here. When I was your age, Jesse, I may not have understood them in Yitzchak. Today I understand them very well. Then he says something else. And boy, is this real. What do we have in Israel? Socialized medicine. What do we have in Canada? Socialized medicine. What do we have in England? Socialized medicine. No. What's the biggest problem in Israel? Ephraim, you need a specialist. My, make an appointment. Yeah, he can see you June of 2024. You need a, oh God, then, you know, the Yetzirah, go private and get an appointment now, but pay through the nose. It's a dual layer here when all is said and done. All right. He said, I'm quoting him.
Sure. The father, father will travel to the hospital and the kid is right there. It's your son. He's coming. Keep it up the aim. He's Haredi. Parents. What parents mean to him. We're not non-Jews. We're not the religious Jews. I can tell you stories of how they relate to their parents. They run away. They hide. Parents. Who needs them? Senior citizens today is a very big business. The Hasidic world, it's not a big business. Hasidim, they have, I've said that with my own eyes, they have charts. Every grandson has to be with the grandparents. This is your day, this is my day, your day, my day, your day, my day. Keep it up the aim. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right. Not everyone is Zaycha. Not everyone is Zaycha. I have three daughters. Every day they call. How are you? How are you? How are you? Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. But here, you're telling him, the halacha says, if you don't have anyone else who can do it, what does that mean? So he has to travel. Oh, he can travel. He'll say, fine. I'll go to Sharei Ha'ir. But then, till you see a doctor. One hour, two hours, three hours. I have to tell you, I never go to a doctor's office without a safer, without something to open to study. And now I can't carry something big. But I Xerox, I have Xerox pages with me. My doctor calls me, I'm in the middle of a Gemara there. Yomo Xeroxes. Gemara's for me to carry around pages, you follow? Okay. But this tshuva is very part of life. He's with it. He's not in an ivory tower. And he reaches the same conclusion as Rabbi Nasha Klein. You have the Midrash of Rabbi Nasha Klein. But this is an easy tshuva. I'll show you more in a second. It's, it's an open Gemara. Once you have an open Gemara... You can paskin what you paskin. The frumkite cannot cancel the open Gemara. And the Gemara itself has the frumkite. And you see, it follows through the Psak of the Rambam, the Psak of the Shulchan Aruch. What I wanted to talk about, the amount of blood, is not for now, it's for the Shabbos problem. And we'll come back to it next week. So forget, forget that for the time being. Now, I do want to say something, because I said something negative about Israel a minute ago when you have to wait for an expert in an appointment. I want you to know this has been told to me both by Talmidim from Canada and both by Talmidim in England. Compared to socialized medicine elsewhere, the only country that it really works is the state of Israel. With all the delays. I can tell you very simply if you know about Canada, anyone over 80, they basically don't treat. Their attitude is, as a Talmud of mine was told by a doctor, Rabbi, you've lived long enough. You understand, we all have to die. I can tell you my mother in her final illness was 98 years of age. At Hadassah, they treated her like she was 18. Did everything possible. 
Never did I hear your mother's 98. She lived long enough. Do you follow me, Eliezer? So you all know in Canada, there was a whole case where they went to court. The man was over 80, a religious Jew. And they refused to treat him. And they went to court and lost in court. Because that's it. What's the word? No, Kenny, it's a f- French word, I understand. Triage. You've heard that word? It's a very important word in the medical profession. Triage. It's a plot in that. It's a whole shy left. You're a chobish kervi on the battlefield. Who do you treat first? Someone seriously ill, who you're going to lose statistically? Someone more likely ill, who you have a chance of saving. You see, triage. We don't have enough doctors to go around. Don't have enough medicine to go around. A canteen, the sugyum, cholech pamidba. If you drink, the other guy dies. If both of you drink, you both die. Not enough water for both. Who drinks? These are serious questions. You'll see that in your training to be a psychologist, did this ever come up? You have three patients, you don't have time for all. One guy is off the wall completely. How much can I help him? The other two, maybe I can. Can you push the first one away? Take the other two. Triage, triage. That's the word. I see it used in Hebrew as well, which I always struggle with when I see these transliterated words. I have to concentrate. But uh, in Israel, no medical system is perfect. No one has enough money. Yeah, you can beat Trump. Trump can get any doctor he wants. I had a very good friend, uh, my friend who offered me to be a student of Buffett, and he had the money. He could go, and any illness, who is the most important doctor in the world? And he went to that doctor. All right, so it cost him $1,000. Kids' money for someone who has hundreds of millions. You follow? But... This is a real problem. Not enough doctors. Too many people ill. The system. How do you get appointments? So what I do, Ephraim, when I leave a specialist, do I have to see you again? Come back in half a year. Come back in a year. I make an appointment on the spot. That's, that's the way I do it. Obviously, if it's something serious and they rush you to the emergency room, there they take care of you right away. But you don't want to be an idiot. There's certain, you know, every, I have a, a waste, my nose is running, rush me to the emergency room, please. Well, the system works here. You want proof, Eliezer, that it works? I'm living here 54 years. And this year's not bad today, right or wrong? Right. Tomorrow you'll see it'll be better. Even. Now, to answer your question, I'll now show you something else. I, uh, I thank my student, uh, David Cohn, uh, many years ago. He said to me, Rebbe, it's a disgrace. You don't know how to use a computer. So I'm going to teach you. So you know what I said to him? You know, my mother learned how to use a computer. She was over 70. I think at that time when he asked me, I was 70 or 71. So he taught me. I can't say I'm an expert. Yomo knows a lot more than I know. 
follow me Ephraim and whatnot. But I, f- I know how to find the Yankee website. Uh, soon enough, uh, right now, I just wrote a letter this morning. I dictated to Yomo to a Talmud of mine who's been my Talmud for, has heard every shir I've given since 19, since the Kolol opened in 78. So I wrote to Steve and I told him my problem with the Yankees. I looked at the box score. They, they, they're at spring training now. 90% of the names I don't recognize. It's a different sport today. When I grew up, you learned Rizzuto was shortstop, Sunrise the second baseman, and that went on for 10, 12 years. You'd have to learn more names. Today I have to break my head. What the heck? I thought of this, that, that. But I've learned how to Paskin Shilas from the internet. I had a difficult Shiloh in the Kotel in the Kolel years ago with a student whose great grandmother converted. Shiloh was it a good conversion. I don't want to go into more detail. But I can tell you I solved the excuse me, Shiloh. Part of it was through the internet. I found out who the Rav was who handled conversion in that area. And Baruch Hashem. And no need for a conversion l'chumr. A lot of times Rav Heshel, Heshi told me every year they do a few conversions l'chumr in, in the Kolalim in America, why you? This kid was a Kohen. Father was a Kohen. Can't do a conversion l'chumr. This is the real McCoy. What do you do? I was example, Lahatir. I later got in touch with you. I have no idea the Siyata Shmaya I had. I have a Talmud. I was given a phone number. Someone from that Hill is now in Florida. We're dealing Canada, America, Florida. And I take a look. Gee, it's a very similar phone number to a Talmud I have in Hollywood, Florida. I call my Talmud. He says, Rebbe, I govern with these people every morning. At the, they're in their 90s. They yeah. I said, you ask them this question. So I not only had from the computer, I had living testimony able to solve. So I went online on this question, performing medical procedures on parents. And uh, it's to make medish kavoa lahalachalarafua. It's from someone whose grandson I had the privilege to teach in this kolel. It's run by David Fould. He's the individual who established this, gave the money, supports it. David Fould is a brother to the first Talmud I have I had in Israel, Michael Fould, Zechat Tzadik Levracha, who was my Talmud in 69 and gave me back life. Yes, he was the first Talmud to call me Rebbe in Jerusalem. 1969. So this is his brother who has done well and supports a lot of the research in religious issues part of Sharei Tzedek Hospital. And here they raise the question, what should a person do if he needs to perform a medical procedure on his parent that may cause bleeding? Is there a distinction between an act intended to cause pain and injury for which one would definitely incur the death penalty 
an altruistic medical treatment. And quotes all the sources and even the Frumkite expressed in the Gemara quotes the Ramban, the Rambam, that only don't do these procedures where somebody else is on hand to do it instead. And if there's nobody else, the son may do the splinter. And quotes the Minchat Yitzchak that we just quoted, quotes Rabbi Shlomo Zaman Orbach, the Minchat Shlomo, who rules that in a case where hiring a doctor will come at a cost, but the son is able to treat his father for free, then it is permitted to do so. This is also considered when there is nobody else around. Quotes Rav Shmuel Weisner, the Shevet HaLevi, Talmud, we spoke about him when we dealt with Yeshivet Chachmei Lublin, he too permits it. And you have here, I would say, a total consensus of poskim. Mi Yodea, another website. And again, the same question. Here already it is, not just if it's a physician or dentist permitted to diagnose and treat illness in close members of the family. And uh, here too he makes no greater honor can a Jewish physician bestow upon his father and mother than diagnosing and treating their physical ailments particularly if the parent considers his or her child to be more competent than any other physicians. Thus, all diagnostic and therapeutic procedures, including history, taking physical examination, and providing prescribing treatment are allowed in the fulfillment of honor thy father and mother. Because of emotional involvement with family, the advice and a cooperation of a colleague should be available. But then he goes into the whole question of bloodletting, where you're actually doing a chambura, a chambala, and paskins what we've paskined. If the parents insist, you absolutely can do it and gives the same sources we gave. Now, I'll tell you what's interesting about this website, Miyodeya. This halacha bulletin was written by Fred Rosner, Rabbi Dr. Fred Rosner. Recognize the name, the father of among them Rabbi Shalom Rosner. Among his family, you have endless wonderful people, Rabbanim, doctors, Rasna, one of Wayu's, a family of 
great achievements for YU. You follow? Like Lubavitch will boast about families where grandparents, parents, grandchildren, all continuing. The Rasna family is an example of Torah, Mada, YU. Now, this halachic bulletin, and this is for your son, Ephraim, this halachic bulletin, it's not just Rasna. Rabbi Dr. Moshe Tchendler insists in writing it. You all know the name, Rabbi Moshe David Tchendler, Zeichet Sadek Lefracha. one of the greatest people I knew. Fabulous individual. I know him, you know, a lifetime already, since 51. We came very close late, I taught his daughter. And, but more than that, we think the same way on many pressing issues that uh, have a, we have to voice an opinion on inevitably we were totally in the same boat so it's, we're also why you people Talmudim of the Rav now but most important and reviewed by Harav Moshe Feinstein so you see it's not just Rabbi Rajna and Rabbi Tendler, but obviously Rabbi Moshe, father-in-law of Rabbi Moshe David Tendler. Let, let, let me end off about the Tendler family. So, Halacha Lamaisa and someone from uh, Cleveland asked me, what's the Halacha? He says, his son is a doctor, all his children, sons, everyone is involved in the medical profession one way or another. Some live in Israel and some are still in, the, in America, but they're all involved. In, the doctor lives in Beit Shemesh. Uh, Dr. Neumann do you know anyone by that name if I have it right his father you may come across him uh, that's one part of the Shiloh what we have to come back to is the Shabbat part of the Shiloh what do you do on Shabbat here you're involved already with what might be an Isidioraita not so simple we'll talk about it next week also, there's a second part of the tshuva that totally shifts gears and is an, a, a reflection of life. America, it's a world in the second part. We could discuss line by line for weeks and weeks and weeks, but we'll, we'll hit it next week, Be'ezrat Hashem. But I want to tell you about the Tendler family. The Tendler family... Rabbi Tendler's, Rabbi Moshe David's father was a Talmud of Yeshiva's Rebbeskolchanan, a musmach from the 1920s. It could very well be he came to America already, a London from Europe, but his final learning in Smicha was at Yeshiva's Rebbeskolchanan. His father, is, if I recall correctly, went into real estate. He did well. But like everything else, you can't just work in business, can't just be in the army. We have to learn Torah. So while he was in real estate, Lower East Side, he gave a shear in Yeshivat Rabbeinu Yaakov Yosef, R.J.J., the second day school established in America. 
1902. If I go back to my lectures on Torah in the Western world. He never took a salary. So be aware who, who he was. He never took a salary. And he raised a wonderful family. Now, what's interesting about the family, you have Moshe David, who went on to study at Yeshiva University, went on to get a doctorate in biology, I believe from Columbia University. You can check it out, go online, uh, Google him. Married with Moshe Feinstein's daughter, Shifra, who herself was an outstanding personality. Again, someone that uh, Rakefet and Rebmeshe's daughter saw eye to eye on every major issue. She's the lady that I've told you about, the only time in my life where I spoke in public, hundreds of people in Muncie, and seven times I was interrupted by applause, and the first one standing up to applaud and interrupt me was Shifra Tendler. So Baruch Hashem, if Rabmeshah's daughter thought I have an understanding of Torah, I am very, very moved and complimented and humbled. Uh, he had a younger brother, Yossi Tendler, who was all set to go on to YU. Yomo, are you listening? Wake Yomo up. This is so important. <laughs> Thank God his hand is waving. Uh, because I'm going to deal with this down the line in the Monday class. He went on, why you, like his brother, the Rav, all set to roll. And uh, Lakewood was just getting underway. And somehow he met Rabaran Cutler, went to Lakewood for Shabbos, and he never entered the portals of Yeshiva University. He remained in Lakewood all his spiritual development life. Later went on to near Israel, spent the rest of his life with the high school there. He was in charge of the dorm, other aspects of the high school. Brought Chalav Yisrael to Baltimore, established these, the attendants had a chush for business. Maybe he got it from his father, established the first Chalav Yisrael in Baltimore, and it succeeded. But there's one beautiful story of Rabbi Yosef Tendler from my time in Baltimore, from my time in Lakewood. He was a Yiddish Tzaddik, and he would daven. Remember what I told you about the memoir on the difference between a Litvishi Yeshiva to Tomchei Tamimim? Remember I quoted from the memoir on the Monday class how he was went into the small side room and expected to find it empty where he could learn the Menuchat HaNefesh till they tested him and accepted him in the Yeshiva and he found the side room filled with individuals governing with such kavana and now we're after the regular minion ended Rabbi Kutler went over to Yossi Tendler and said to him Ich will euch bemerken I want to come to you Ich denke I 
is too long. That Yishmon Esrei, your davening, takes too much time. You don't know what a tumult that made in Lakewood. We were trying to interpret it, to understand it. Wow. Rebarin Cutler telling Yossi Tendler. It was a moment, a moment in time. We'll come back to it down the line in Monday's class. To reiterate, are there any questions, first of all, from the wonderful individual sitting in front of me? Uh, we have here a guest who is a Chabotnik, whose son is a paratrooper and a frontline soldier for months now in Gaza. And a young man from the Muncie area, right? He, doesn't, he didn't grow up here, doesn't have to be here, but he takes the Rambam seriously that a Muhammad mitzvah, no Jewish young male is exempt whether he grows up in Woodmere, Kew Gardens Hills, Teaneck, Muncie, or Jerusalem. Kalakavod to that young man. Yassi, what's your question? I just wanted to say, I think Arstro put out a biography on Rabbi Tendler's brother. Oh, very nice, very nice. Yeah, if you can, send me a link to it. Let me see what it's about. I, I knew him in, from Lake where he said, yeah, this kind of a Jew. But what did Rabarin mean to Davin's Tzulayim? But I understand what Rabarin meant, and you'll understand it when we get to it in the Monday class. So we dealt today with one problem, taking blood from your parent. I am your servant, and the life of Rabbi Yosef Tendler by... Akiva Tendla. Wow, that has to be his son, I would imagine. Uh, the early years, the Lower East Side, family background, Rebaruch Pandit in Torah, early days in New York, meeting Rabbi Aaron Cutler, learning in Lakewood, Lakewood lives, early days in Baltimore, Sheirita Pleita, with the Rabbeim, father, Rabbi Tendla's Talmidim, Gedsedek, the Iranian Talmidim, a father to the Bacharim, the Chavrus. i got to get that safe, all right? We'll, uh, do me a favor, send me a link. I'll print it out so um, when, when I go to... One, once a year, they have a book fair here. So Art Scroll has a whole stand. Again, this is a war on the ship. But we'll see what the story is. So, Yashikayach. So, this is the Shaila. That's what they dealt with. We still have to deal with the Shabbat element. Also fascinating. And then we have to deal with another Shiloh that comes up time and again in America. It came up in Queens. And that's why Yossi is a good Jew as a fallout of that Shiloh. Yossi, if you can put that together, I'll give you a prize. Bernard Revel, builder of American Jewish Orthodoxy. Yossi... In schut of your wife, I can't keep you hanging, but in Queens, there was an Orthodox community. In Jamaica, there was an Orthodox shul. Queens was a fancy area. Everywhere else, reforming conservative. A Rebbe opened up in Jamaica, and they took him to the Torah Rabbi Schoenfeld, who had just 
opened up the young Israel, brought him in as a rabbi. We're going back to, what was it, 1950. He invited the Rebbe to come to Main Street. And that's how Kew Gardens Hills became a Torah community. And today you wouldn't set foot in Jamaica, Sakonet Nefashat, not just at night by day. Right or wrong, we'll take it when we get to the Shaila. Yoma opened it to the world, to the wonderful people that have stayed awake, wow, and listening. Ah. Yes. Yes. Recording stop. Recording stop. Rebbe, just one thing about Canada. It's got risk than that. They, they, they have legal suicide now. So the option. It's there are all these stories that basically they don't just tell you they can't take care of you. They, their default is to tell people to kill themselves. And it's, uh, even even young people, like like young people with problems, like eh, you don't really need to be treated. Plus, you can donate your organs to somebody. You know. Wow. Wow. <laughs> if that's the case. How do from Jews to live in Canada? I don't know. Jack's not doing his job. You have to get back to Canada and tell them out. Jack, I want to ask you something. Michael and Ilana Gruder. Michael, my great Talmidat Sadeket, Ilana, Helena Fuchs. What, what's with their children? How have their children t- turned out? I know they had children in medical school. I'm not good at this, so you need Etty. Okay, do me a favor. Check with Etty and send me an email. Malka and I asked, because we were talking about them on Shabbat. Um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a daughter, a daughter of theirs who's been uh, working in a hospital in, in Toronto, and uh, she made the news, sort of. She made some kind of political comment in pro-Israel, and then they went after her. Wow. Uh, why should what what's she doing in Toronto? Well, it is, you know, you go there for training and experience, and, and that's okay. what, you know, I don't know how many. I'm a very high level. Okay, so it's postdoc they call it. All right. Okay. Anyway, see what you can find out and tell me. And you did, and you go, you saw the picture. Google and let's see if you can figure it out. If not, get back to me. But I can't believe what I uncovered there. But life is life, and the computer has revolutionized our ability to have knowledge and to trace people down, plain and simple. Uh, otherwise, y- y- it's lost. And here, wow. Okay. Are there any other questions? Nachum, uh, on your comments on the Monday class, I'll deal with tomorrow. You had some very fascinating comments, and I can't get over how you dug up the, co- the commentator articles that I that I uncovered uh, 60 years ago, and uh, there you have it. So even even the sins that people do, you can't escape from. They're all in in the newspapers, and there's commentator. And uh, my whole share is right there in commentator. My dear students, I want to thank you very much for honoring me with your presence. Mark Kala Kavod, that in Chicago you're still awake. Mopsai Shabbos. Well, it's, it's easier in Chicago. Excuse me? It's easier in Chicago. He's, I can't really say. It's easier in Chicago than easier, New York. Easier, one hour easier, one hour easier. And uh, Mark, send regards to the family. And until we meet again in health and happiness tomorrow morning at 9 a.m., I wouldn't miss this year for anything, because we go a step further from last week, and you'll see, wow. And uh, if you're interested in Torah history, nothing beats 
Torah history, but you have to have a feeling for it. And and we're going to understand the Lushen and what happened, and what happened again in the 1880s, and what happened in Tells and Slabatka. Wow, not easy to understand how good Jewish kids fight like cats and dogs. And then you understand Hasidus, they have one advantage, Labriot, there's one Rebbe, and there's Derecheretz for the Rebbe. But even there, Kenny, it's not all the time. No, what's happened here in Israel, you're reading the results of the elections and Gur, and the split in Gur, and who came out on top. Gentlemen, if you want a glass full of Rechilet and Lush and Hara, just open up the website, Ba'olam Shel Dim. You know what I'm talking about, right? I couldn't believe his website. I looked at it on Friday, and wow, it was unbelievable. I saw elections here. He analyzes what went on in Ger and Chabad and, and Bells and Vishnitz, and everyone is mourning Yerushalayim. It's gone Charei this will be the only place in the world where a Jew can have beard payas and black clothes and look like a Haredi. Because anywhere else it's Hakonet Nefasha, plain and simple. Zurich, hard to believe. Until we meet again in health and happiness, Tasfadanya.